Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gumps. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about perfecting the pop-up. We're chatting with Kaylin Johnson Chandler, the founder and creative director of Effie's Paper, a lifestyle brand specializing in stationery, gifts, and dust accessories, and powered by Black Girl Magic. Welcome to Sisters Inc., Kaylin, and thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Oh, it's an honor for us to have you. I have been a stan for a while, and I have my Olivia Pope is my spirit animal journal right here, which you don't even sell anymore. <laughs> no, that's vintage EP, but it makes me so happy to see it. So I was also blessed to have a really close relationship with my grandmother. So I absolutely love that your company is inspired by your grandmother. Can you tell us that story? My grandmother is our company namesake, Mrs. Effie Hayes. She fostered my love of paper and all things paper related. When I was a little girl, my grandmother worked for a greeting card company. And my sister and I had a cabinet in my grandparents' family room filled with stationery and other paper products. It just didn't occur to me that other people didn't have this. It was just what I grew up with. So it was, we were just ensconced in it. My grandmother had this belief that a proper lady should know how to write a wicked thank you note, wear the right shade of red lipstick, and always have a hanky in her purse. And I have followed those precepts to this day. So when I decided to start my stationery company, it just seemed fitting to name it after her. I mean, I, I kind of had my aha moment, and then the name came to me like that. Even though stationery is in your blood, you took a, a very circuitous path <laughs> to becoming an entrepreneur. You were a lawyer and then a fashion stylist. Why did you decide to start a business? Good question. Um, I am definitely the accidental entrepreneur. I grew up in a family where education was key and getting as much as education as you could to get a job so that you could take care of yourself, as my father told my sister and I, was of the utmost importance. I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs, and I, I just didn't know anything about entrepreneurship, to be quite honest with you. But um, I practiced law for almost 10 years at one of the world's large, largest law firms, and I hit the glass ceiling. And as that was happening, I had to make a decision about what to do. I had grown up at this firm. I had an opportunity to go somewhere else and become a partner or just completely off ramp and figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it was one of the scariest decisions I've ever made in my entire life. But as a couple of really close friends, you know, each in their individual way said to me, if you don't do it now, when? And if you take the leap, the net will appear. And I, I literally walked out on faith. I had um, 
the support of my then boyfriend, now husband as well. And so that certainly helped. But I mean, I had a mortgage. I, I, I had this whole full life and I was trying to figure out how I was going to be able to finance that and live in New York and, you know, all the things. Um, so fast forward, I left the firm. I started a fashion styling business for busy professionals because I was the friend that everybody came to when they needed an outfit to go to a black tie on, you know, a special date, a job interview. And so it just kind of made sense to see if I could parlay that. I had a lot of relationships with doctors and lawyers and bankers. And so I started this business and things were going well. And I got some gigs where I was working with on-air talent. And in the middle of all of it, I wasn't loving it because as much as I love fashion and style, helping other people get dressed was a proposition I didn't know to think about in terms of we all have body conscious issues. Doesn't matter how big, how small, how tall, how short, how fat, how skinny, we're all worried about something. And my job, I learned my job was to be a bit of a psychologist and a handholder. And it just, it wasn't fun for me. At the same time, I was in the middle of planning my wedding and I had hired a graphic designer who was based in London, but her printers were based in India. And as a result of that and the time frame we were working on, she told me that I was going to have to find somebody in New York to print the collateral. Now, let's just take a step back. I love paper, I love stationery. So my, my paper budget was bigger than my dress budget. Like I knew I could find a fabulous dress in Manhattan at a great price, but I wanted, we had a, a destination wedding and we had four days of events and I wanted different paper for each event. And so I said, great. I happened to find this guy down the street from me. And um, I learned how to kind of art direct the graphic designer and her people. And I learned how to interact and talk the language that I needed to talk with the layout printer guy. Um, so that process ended and about six months later, I shouldn't say that process, I got married. <laughs> <laughs> but the process of dealing with these different people is really what I meant. About six months later after I got married, I was sitting at my desk writing thank you notes. And I, I looked at everything around me and the only thing that I loved, the only thing that made my heart leap was my wedding stationery. And that was stationery that I like, I was able to get out of my head what I wanted and this woman and her team made it come to life. And I, that's when I had my aha moment. And I was like, you know what? I should own a stationary company. I love stationary. I bet I can figure this out. And I went, well, I sat down after I, you know, walked around and got on the phone and called a few people, sat down at my computer in word. I made the original logo and then I went down the street to my printer and said, this is my idea. This is what I want to do. And he said, okay, that's great. 
but I'm just a layout guy. Like, I mean, I have all of these programs because I need to be able to print what folks bring to me, but I don't really use them. And I said, well, you know them more than I do. I want to make some note cards. And I, he helped me, God bless him. He helped me make about, I don't know, maybe 10 different designs for, um, of note cards for a national organization that I belong to. I was going to their national conference about two weeks later. It was in my hometown, which is Detroit. My mother and all of her friends, so the ladies that I had grown up with are part of this organization. And my friends and I were now at the age where we too had joined. So I go to this conference. I'm walking around with my little uh, paper tote bag filled with stationery. I'm bumping into people I haven't seen in years. And they're saying, hey, you know, what's going on? It's so good to see you. And I was like, oh, I just got married and I started a stationery company. You want to see? And I pulled the stationery out and they were like, oh my God, this is great. How much is it? And I sold out. And at that point, I got my proof of com concept and knew that I was on to something and um, went home and hired a graphic designer to help me with my first set of designs and to begin to teach me how to use these design programs. I mean, it's kind of as simple as that. I have to say you are in the right industry because I have never before met a bride who said that her paper budget was bigger than her dress. <laughs> like That should have been your clue right there that this is the path for you in life. <laughs> so you, um, sell on your website, you sell in local boutiques, you sell on mm -hmm. Etsy now. Um, did you ever think that you might want a brick and mortar location or was sort of e-commerce and other retailers always the plan for you? Never say never, but um, you know, New York real estate is quite expensive. So the idea of opening up a brick and mortar it, it just didn't quite honestly seem viable and online seemed like the safer way to go. I will say, however, that um, hopefully, fingers crossed, this holiday season, we will be um, doing a pop-up of sorts at one of the urban space holiday markets. I'm, I'm, my um my chit is in for bryant park so we'll see how that goes and perhaps that'll parlay itself into something else but for now uh online is working for us so speaking of pop-ups that's that's what we're here to discuss mm -hmm. we're, we're pop-ups always you know part of the plan um from the very beginning uh because you you're doing like big scale pop-ups now but usually when entrepreneurs think about pop-ups they think about you know their local crafts market or farmers market or other things like that like what is your history you know before now and these big ones with pop-ups well you know everybody has to start someplace so when i started out I just didn't even know what I didn't know, to be perfectly honest. I, um, the more I dug in and learned and networked, I learned about these local 
artisan markets and things that you could do. And I certainly did my fair share of those, learned a lot about merchandising and the kinds of products that sell well online versus the kinds of products that sell well in person. So that certainly helped to prime me for opportunities. And then, um, Honestly, I've been really lucky in that I've just met some great people along the way who, when they learned about something or had an opening or were doing something themselves, invited me to participate. And I'm the kind of person when someone opens a door or gives me an opportunity, I'm going to do, and this is probably the lawyer in me, I'm going to do everything I can to hit it out of the ballpark and make certain that you make good on your extending your personal credit to me so that if an opportunity comes up again, I'm one of the first people you think of. So let's talk about the networking that goes behind that because you have had some awesome opportunities. I first met you many, many years ago at something that Macy's does called the workshop where they um, showcase designers of color um, and bring out you know their customers the uh -huh. media um that was an opportunity you also last year were part of buy from a black woman tour at h&m here in new yes. york city and then back for their holiday market so how do you get plugged into these opportunities um networking and and quite frankly girlfriends um I learned about the workshop at Macy's from a friend who worked at Macy's and told me about it. And that was in 20, I did the workshop in 2014. So my business and, and my foray into the world of stationery was very, very new. And I had heard about it online, but it wasn't something that I thought was appropriate for me because I didn't think that I was at the right time and place. And she said to me, don't sell yourself short. I think you can do this. I wouldn't tell you if I, I wouldn't suggest it to you if I didn't think you could do it. And I said, okay. And I did it. Um, and the same with Buy From A Black Woman. It's a, an, an organization created by a black woman for black female entrepreneurs to help showcase spotlight and um, push us into the mainstream. I joined the organization probably four or five years ago and um, did what was asked of us. You know, if, if Nikki sent out an email saying, hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, and it was never a heavy lift, I would say, okay, I'll do X, Y, and Z. Uh, and then last summer, last, June, actually, I think it was, when she partnered with H&M, got an email saying, hey, we're having a hands-on call, uh, something I want to share with everyone. It's at seven o'clock on Tuesday evening. I was in the middle of crazy for a huge project that I was working on, but I dialed in at seven o'clock. Everybody who dialed in got to be a part of that national tour last summer. And as I said to you, I wasn't gonna show up and not do what I needed to do 
So I did, and it was amazing and so much fun and um, overwhelming as well. I mean, the, the thing about being an entrepreneur is you have big dreams, but as a small business, and, and you have to have big dreams. Otherwise, I, I don't know what's gonna get you up in the morning, but by the same token, as a small business, it's, you have no idea how those dreams are going to be realized or if they are ever going to be realized. And when I walked down Fifth Avenue, uh, the morning of that pop-up, it hit me that like, wow, my products that were in my head that I designed are being sold in Manhattan on Fifth Avenue. Like I'm, I'm getting for Clint just thinking about it because I could not have made that happen myself. That was other people looking out, working to make it happen. Like I said, I, I wanted to make it an amazing experience for myself, for my team, for Nikki and her team, for the folks at H&M. And then when they got the green light to do the holiday pop-up, I was fortunate enough to be one of the companies they called and said, hey, are you interested? And I, and I got to do it for two days because um, they did it every weekend and I got to participate for two weekends. Wow. Can you put into context for us the kind of impact that pop-ups like these have on your business? You know, you never know who's watching particularly because social media has such a wide reach. So um, it's, it's truly been amazing in terms of giving, showcasing what, what it is that we're doing, what our products are about, what our brand is about. And it's bringing in opportunities with large and small retailers. It's bringing in press in a way that I didn't know to expect. Um, I actually got an email today from, God, where was the guy? I don't even remember. It, it was one of those things where it was like, did you see that you were in this article, uh, one of the seven top black Etsy shops and it was some town that I had, I, I, I mean, I'd heard of, but I had no idea. And I sent it to my director of operations and I said, do you think this is real? <laughs> so to answer your question, it's hard to quantify and it's hard to know exactly. But um, what I do know is that people are watching and seeing what it is that we're doing. And in the past, 10 days, I would say, I've gotten some phone calls that I didn't expect to receive for some opportunities that I didn't know to think about. Yeah. Right now you have an exclusive collection in select Walmart stores and at walmart.com. Um, tell us a little bit about how it came about, but what I really wanna hear is that I know you're hoping to turn this opportunity into an ongoing placement with mm -hmm. seasonal collections. Um, and so what are some of the marketing tactics you've put behind this pop-up 
in order to help you meet your goal of selling out? Okay, so the first part of your question, um, again, through relationships and pop-ups, uh, I have been involved with, it's not, it's not so much an organization as, um, well, let me put it a different way. I have, I have been asked to participate for the past four or five years in a pop-up put on by uh, a black woman in New York named Renee Blewett. Her pop-up is called In Her Shoes. I think they just changed the name to She Did That because Renee did a film, a documentary about black female entrepreneurs called She Did That. Um, and prior to the pop-up, she generally does a list of, this is all leading into the holiday season. So every November, she does a list of um, like a gift guide featuring different black female owned brands. And about five years ago, uh, she featured Effie's paper. We did the pop-up and about six months after that, out of the blue on a Friday afternoon, I had literally just landed in Dallas. We were visiting friends. My phone rang and it was the um, chief diversity supplier at Walmart. And he said, I'm on your website. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. How did you learn about Effie's paper? And he said, I uh, read about you on Renee Blewett's blog and I like your website. So I thought I would reach out. You could have knocked me over with a feather. So we, I've been nurturing that relationship for the past four or five years. Um, again, I love paper. I believe in sending handwritten notes and holiday cards. So at the end of 2020, we sent him a holiday card and the top of 2021, I got a phone call saying, hey, we are looking to bring more people of brands owned by people of color in store. I would love to connect you with the head of our paper and stationery division. Is this something you might be interested in? And I said, absolutely. Um, and that's how this Walmart opportunity came to be. So, um, Again, we, we are a small company. I have a team of really hardworking, dedicated women, and I spell women with an X, but um, we're small. And this was a daunting prospect. <laughs> but I was determined to do what I needed to do to make it happen. And we launched in 200 Walmart stores last week. So there's that. And then your question with respect to marketing, um, it's, it's guerrilla marketing. It is um, reaching out to just about everybody I know to let them know about this opportunity and asking them to tell their friends and so on and so on and so on, which is what I did when I first started Effie's paper. Um, 
I've also learned in a short period of time that there are Walmart influencers. There are women and men who are making good livings on uh, platforms like Instagram, influencing their audiences to buy from Walmart. And so I am partnering with some of those folks to help get the word out. And then um, I'm gonna circle back a little bit because part of your question was just the branding of all of this. When we were talking with um, our buyer about what the display would look like and learned that it was something we could design and um, make it totally our own, I knew that that was my opportunity to do something that was very on brand for us that would fit in with the stores, um, but would help us stand out so that, you know, God forbid if this doesn't move in the direction I'd, I'd like for it to, it's something that people will remember. And not only something that people will remember, but they will come to our social feeds and our website and see what we're about and learn more and, you know, become a part of the fold. Because at the end of the day, this is for me um, an opportunity to just get the word out to people that might not have ever heard about us before. So I wanted to make sure that we had a good showing. Yeah. So uh, somehow we have already run out of time, but I cannot <laughs> let you go without asking you with so much experience under your belt now, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs who are considering pop-ups as a business strategy? Oh, do it because you never know who's going to walk through. You absolutely never know. So it's worth the time, effort and money to um, jump in and, and do it and do it well. Thank you so much, Kaylin, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at the company website, effiespaper.com, and that's E-F-F-I-E-S paper. Com. You can also follow them on Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest at Effie's Paper or on Facebook at Effie's Paper Stationery. Check out the podcast channel on BlackEnterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and other podcasts from Black Enterprise experts, writers, and editors. Be sure to subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show us some love by leaving a five-star review or spread the word and put a sister on. This is Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening.